So, um, quick little update for everyone. I am back in South Korea right now, which is kind of crazy. Hope you can hear me on here. I know the Wi-Fi here is incredible, so that's great. Um, I'm trying to do a live feed plus podcast at the same time. Um, so hopefully it all works out. Um, so anyways, today um, I want to do the, uh, I did the AMA a little while ago. Uh, and today I want to uh, answer those questions for you on the live feed as well as podcast. So um, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to answer these questions here. These were from Facebook. Where is it? Here we go. So someone asked, um, I got some serious questions for you. Um, where can we say it? Like, how and where do you poop? Is it a flushing toilet or a hole? Do they have toilet paper? Is it cashmere? Should you always have some with you? Is it an outhouse like we have here or is it just a hole? How do you get your clothes washed? How do you brush your teeth? Um, with the heat, how does deodorant work? Do the locals even use it? Uh, people want to know. I want to ask. Okay, so let's answer a few of these. Um, first one, how and where do I poop? Um, honestly, I in Southeast Asia, depending on if it's a nicer place or not, you're probably going to poop in the toilet. Sometimes it flushes. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's a gravity flush. So you take like a bucket of water and after your bathroom break is done, you scoop the water and you dump it inside and you know you do multiple times when I was sick in uh, Koh Rong Cambodia well let me tell you I had to fill up the bucket a few times that's all I have to say uh, which wasn't too great but it's what you got to do is there toilet paper sometimes uh, Southeast Asia is known for what we call the bum gun it's basically just a little hose with like um, kind of like a garden like a sprayer thing on it and sometimes if there's no toilet paper and you didn't bring wet tissue or toilet paper, you just got to kind of and clean up that way. And it's a thing. It's kind of disgusting. I actually do enjoy the bidet style, Japanese style toilets. Um, but when you use like the Southeast Asian bum guns, it's not uh, the most pleasant. So, but that's, that's what I would have to do essentially. Um, so no, no cashmere. Uh, try to have some with you, of course. Sometimes you shit in a hole. Sometimes you don't. That's fine. Um, what else? Clothes wash. Washing your clothes is actually fairly simple. Most accommodations, such as hostels, guest houses, hotels, wherever you stay, they'll usually have a laundry service there where you give them like a bag of laundry, and um, it costs like you know a dollar a kilo. So you know you're never doing more than two or three dollars per per laundry um, session. And it's usually folded and, and dried and has some a nice smell to it. So I would do laundry basically when I ran out of underwear. So if you guys saw a lot of my pictures, I would wear the same shirts and the same shorts pretty much every day. Because if even if they weren't like, as long as I didn't shit myself, um, it was fine. My clothes were fine. So I would just recycle my shirt and my shorts every you know five, six, seven days. I have enough underwear for about seven days. And then once I ran out of underwear, I would get my laundry done. Um, and it's usually done within a day, 24 hours. Um, brushing your teeth. I think this is one way how I got diarrhea in Cambodia. Um, you should use like fresh water from water bottles to brush your teeth. Um, but I just kept using tap water. So I may have swallowed some and got a bacteria in my stomach. 
but there is there is water to brush your teeth. You can brush your teeth anywhere really if you want, as long as you have some water. With even if you didn't, you just you know. But toothpaste does exist. It's relatively the same price as uh, in the West, uh, but smaller. They they get you with the travel size um, by nose, so maybe thirty five grams, thirty five milligrams of grams, thirty five. No, that's right. Of toothpaste would uh, cost you about a dollar, which is not a lot, but still enough. Um, deodorant, deodorant. I never wore deodorant. Hey, Ida Marie, I just saw this here. Sorry, I've never done something on my computer before. Um, I never wore deodorant traveling unless the temperature was like less than 20 degrees Celsius without humidity because... It was so hot and humid, any deodorant you put on would just melt off of you. So it wasn't really worth Now, people do, don't get me wrong, people put it on all the time. I'm not gross, but I just decided that it was probably better if I didn't because it's just going to fall off me anyways. There are actually times, and a few people who I travel with know this, especially you, Sam, if you're ever watching, um, I... Carla wants to know where the nail clippers are a good buy. Um, let me answer that in a second. Um, sometimes I wouldn't even shower with soap because literally it's so humid there in lots of Southeast Asia. You just walk out and it's, um, you just sweat again. So as long as you wash the sweat off of you without soap, I felt, I felt good about it and I didn't stink. The mosquitoes stayed away. The flies stayed away. Everything was good. Uh, Carlo, were the nail clippers a good buy? Yeah, they were. I need to cut them again. And actually, speaking of nail clippers, uh, a lot of times in Southeast Asia, because manicures and pedicures are so cheap, I would just go get someone to do it for me, which is, you know, not the most economically feasible. But for four bucks, you get your toenails and fingernails clipped. And if you want them painted, they do that, too. So, um, so yeah, deodorant is a thing. People do wear it. I didn't wear it all the time. Um, again, if it was nice out and I, you know. Was hanging out with people, maybe, but if I was just walking on my own, going to the beach, no, I'm not going to do it. Or like walking around in public, no. Um, so that's that one. And now I can get to these AMAs here. Um, oh, I didn't answer a lot of these, so I'll answer these now. Are you working full-time at the moment? The answer is no, I'm not working at all. Simple. Do you ever feel like settling down in one place, or do you enjoy backpacking as long as you can? a great question thank you um your name is christian luigi luigi um i thought before i started traveling that i wanted to backpack and travel like this you know like nomadic life for a long time um but as you can see right now that i'm back in korea i actually had a really tough time the last few months that's my gray hair no that's that um the last few months with the nomadic lifestyle and um, constantly going to new hostels and staying in dorm rooms um, and just being sick often, not sick, but just diarrhea and food poisoning and not really eating well and not exercising enough. So before I started traveling, it was in my mind like, yeah, yeah, you can do it. It's great. It's going to be awesome. You know, you love this. But where I currently sit right now, I definitely don't want to settle down for, the long, for a long time, but I wouldn't mind... Like, hopefully soon when I move to Australia, that, that'll be, like, settling down, you know? Like, 
staying in the same location for an extended period of time, working and traveling within that. So I'm, I, think, I think that's what I'm more geared towards. I enjoy that more. Um, sorry, that was APAM who said that. Christian Luigi says, what about the language barrier in Cambodia and other Southeast Asian countries? Do you communicate with the people who predominantly use their language only? The answer is... Yes, most people in Southeast Asia speak English very well um, and they love to chat to foreigners because they think we're all rich. So a lot of times they know either enough English to get some money off of you, which is not always true. That's a lie. They're not always just trying to get money off of you. There are some very sincere people, but a lot of times they learn English through tourists because they um, were, were a good income for them, right? So like tuk-tuk drivers in Cambodia, for example, they may not speak the greatest English, but they know enough to be like, hey, you need tuk-tuk, where you go, I take you there. And that's enough. The communication is fine. Whereas in restaurants, they'll ask you like, you know, are you vegetarian? Are you vegan? They're able to communicate many different things to you. And a lot of them are, are fluent in English. They can communicate to travelers very well. Um, so is there a language barrier sometimes? More rural areas, uh, when I was in um, Sipa, like in the Palong State, when I was hiking, uh, trekking in Myanmar, um, in the village, nobody spoke English, English except for my guide. That's it. Um, the new tats. Okay, so I got this one. Oop, you can't really see. Let me go this way. I got this one done here, this top one. And I got this one done. And I got this one done. Um, so... Um, Back to English, yeah, um, people, it depends where you are. Most people do speak English very, 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 very well, and a lot of times they don't. But, you know, even in Canada, I don't think the literacy rate in Canada is very great, so, or America, you know, look at that education system. Just saying, no politics right now. Um, Christian Dale says, do you... Still save before going for any travel or tour? If so, how do you do that? How do you save? Christian, my friend, it's very easy. Don't go out on weekends. Stop buying shoes. Don't buy a new phone. Don't, don't eat out every day. Um, I don't know. Like, There's so many ways to save money. You work, if, even if you make, and this is like, again, if you live at home, I'm talking about like different situations. If you live at home and, you know, you, your only expenses are your cell phone bill, for example, like if your parents don't even pay for that. And I'm again, I know the audience I'm talking to right now. Um, it's easy to save. Don't go out every weekend. Don't buy a new watch. Don't buy new shoes. Don't go on Amazon and buy Pokemon cards. Like, I don't know. Don't buy games on your phone. Sacrifice a month of not going out, not buying anything. Save some money. Maybe you want to save for two months. Maybe you want to save for three months. The longer you stop buying these things that mean nothing to you, the more money. Yeah, Rob, exactly. Don't buy stuff. The longer you can go without buying stuff, the longer you can extend your travels for. Or do cool things while you travel. Instead of buying things, go buy memories, right? Which is uh, something I like to say every now and then. Um, I've been wearing... Now, recently, I did buy new clothes. If you see in... Um, uh, I know I'm explaining Carlo Carcidi right now. That's my brother. That's a haha. Um, I know that it's not easy and people like new things and it's it's fine and that's great. 
but then don't complain that like, oh, I wish I could do what you do because I'm not working right now. And like, I, you probably have seen this shirt, but maybe a hundred times my shirt that says soul on it, my shirt that says my Stussy shirt. Like I literally wear the same three shirts, you know, often, pretty much all the time. So like, I don't really have many things. Everything that I traveled with was in my backpack. I don't know if you guys saw that post a, a month or so ago. Um, but I, uh, you know, I don't buy stuff, but I did buy, uh, three new shirts here and a new pair of shorts, um, which I think were a little expensive, but honestly, my stuff's just getting like, just ridiculously torn apart and just time, time for change. I just, you know, I feel homeless wearing it, although I am somewhat homeless right now. Thank you, Teddy, for your, your lovely home. Um, so yeah, saving money is easy, guys. Just don't buy stuff. Simple. Um, Marina Perrin says, what do you think still lacks in most Southeast Asian countries? Um, I don't think anything lacks, but at the same time, many things lack. Um, because if I say lacks, then I'm looking at it from a like Western concept. Like we have all of these things in the Western world, but you know, they live a really decent life there still. If there's one thing that, like, obviously, as a as a as a traveler, as a tourist, as as whoever, you know, being in these other countries, I would say infrastructure in some countries could obviously be better, but there's no money for it yet. So, you know, you can't have one without the other. Some of the roads in Cambodia, you know, people get sick on them often. Same in Myanmar because there's just very windy, bumpy roads. Not not the most pleasurable rides by any means. Same with like. Um, uh, like transportation, railways, some of the rails are bent, um, some, some of the buses um, don't, don't um, you know, come on time or blah, blah, blah. They break down off. You want to flex? Okay, there's a flex. Um, that's funny. Um, so I would say infrastructure. Um, but other than that, like, no, everything there is great. It's fine. Um in a lot of Southeast Asian countries, you know, especially Thailand's definitely the most developed because tourism has been going there for, for the longest time. Vietnam is also working its way up. Um, definitely the least developed, I'd say, would be Myanmar. Uh, but then that's also unique in its own way because it's the most authentic and raw and, like, enjoyable place that I think I've found, other than Vietnam. Because it's just so uh, untouched by like Western civilization, um, which is which is another which is one of the best parts of traveling. I guess you get to really, really, really experience that culture. Uh, this is George Lith says. What is the most fascinating thing about Cambodia? How is it different from other Southeast Asian countries? Um, there, George, uh, they use the USD as their main currency. Although they do have real. Um, this is a type of reel right here. This is 100 reel right here. And this is a worth about, I don't know, 100, 125 cents. Maybe like 2.5 cents. So 100 of this is worth 2.5 cents. So what you do in Cambodia is you would pay, let's say something is $4.50. You would pay 4 USD and then 2,000 reel. 4,000 real is $1. And they prefer when you pay in USD because that, that currency holds value. So your wallet will just be like filled with like USD and then like 
all this reel, like thousands of reel, which is like worth, you know, three bucks. And you're like, what the heck? So um, it's, uh, it, that's the most unique thing I think about Cambodia. Um, also, what's really cool about Cambodia is a place called Angkor Wat. Um, and also that's in Siem Reap. And then the Killing Fields in S21 in Phnom Penh are also uh, very unique things that don't really exist in that um, entity uh, over Southeast Asia. Um, so that that's a unique thing about Cambodia. D underscore M says, how do you end up traveling and yet saving? Um, I didn't, I don't. I saved first, then I traveled. Um, Annie Jell says, how much did you save before attempting the journey? About $15,000 I saved. Um, and then you just budget. You just try and budget wherever you go. How do you supplement your travel income? Do you take an odd job here and there? What kind of jobs did you do? No, I don't work right now. Uh, I save for one year. Sometimes I use couch surfing. So basically, it's not the fact that you can you need to make money per se. It's that you just don't need to spend what you have. So like, couch surfing is a great resource to not spending money. Um, sleeping in bus stations or train stations or airports is a great way to save money because accommodation is usually the most expensive part. Lots of places in Southeast Asia you can eat for, you know, let's say $5 a day if you ate local food, chill, like, you know. Um, so if you can somehow, like, stay for free or do things for free or, like, offer services or work for free, then... Um, you don't need to spend money, which means you're not, you're not, your bank account isn't going down, regardless if you're making money or not. Uh, what are the best tourist destinations in Cambodia? Asked Tarika. Um, Cambodia, I would say the big ones would be Siem Reap, obviously, Angkor Wat. Um, and I was in Phnom Penh, which is disgusting. Um, but um, Phnom Penh has S21 and the Killing Fields. Um, also, Kampot, there's a town called Kampot, um, which is like the world's best supplier of pepper. Who would have thought? Yeah, like some of these Michelin chefs, they use this pepper from Kampot. So uh, that was a really cool place, actually. And where else? Kolrong is where I got food poisoning and shit my brains out for, you know, four or five days. But it was a beautiful beach destination. There's like a little isle, uh, beach on the opposite side called, uh, what was it called? White Beach? No, Long Beach. Called Long Beach, yeah. So you can go hiking through the jungle to Long Beach. So Korong is cool too. Um, Cleo Zara 87 said, Why did you quit your job instead of just vacation? Uh, I wanted, and I still want to travel for a long period of time. And I didn't really love teaching ESL anymore. So it's better to leave something you don't really like, love all the time. What is the most exotic cuisine you've tried so far? That's from Skalalalalalo. Um, exotic would be maybe like, I don't know, like grasshoppers, um, beetles, bugs, larvae. Um, sometimes just any street food you look at, it, you're like, I don't know what that is. And that's food poisoning. That's what it is. Um, and exotic, like, I don't know. Um, yeah, just any street food really in Southeast Asia. If it's like proper street food, it's exotic. Giovanna says, Myanmar isn't known to be a tourist destination. What made you decide to go there? That's why I went. Um, 
I think I just said earlier, it's um it's probably the most underdeveloped, like less least touristy area. I don't even know if touristy is a word, and I actually hate that word. But um it's the least travelers and tourists go there the least, I'd say, out of all of Southeast Asia. So you get more of an authentic, nice, raw vibe of the country and the people, and the people are so authentically nice and and so kind and friendly. So uh, that's why I went. Um, although accommodation, if you do plan on going there, it's very expensive. Accommodation is expensive in Myanmar. Um, ben Walton says, what kind of research did you do before planning your trip? About a month before I started traveling, this is a great, I think I, I, this is totally me. This is my personality. A month before I started traveling, I planned, I made a Google spreadsheet um, of like all the countries I wanted to go into and all the cities I wanted to go into. Not all of them. I made it for the first like three months because I am flying home in a few weeks. So I planned up to then. And literally as soon as I got to Vietnam, actually as soon as I got to Taiwan, all my plans changed like, like, like that. So I did plan a little bit, but I totally deviated from those plans like almost immediately because once you meet people who have done it or know better things than what you think you want to do, especially people who live there, not just travelers, people who live there or locals, then it's like you change your plans and, and you know, you kind of follow their itinerary because they know better places or different places for you to go to. Um, so yeah, I did plan a bit. If you are like on a two-week like travel deadline, definitely plan your days. I've met people like that. But like if like I don't really have an itinerary, I have to be home by I have to be in Bangkok by June 9th. That's all I need to do. So like I could be anywhere in the world right now as long as I'm back in Bangkok on June 9th. But then you need to think about your budget too, right? What's it gonna cost me to get from here to here to here to here? So um Malisa says, why did you choose Southeast Asia or all of other countries, of, uh, of all other countries you could have gone to? You should have said of. Um, well, I chose Southeast Asia because I had lived in Korea prior and it's the closest destination to it. That's also the cheapest. Plus, I want to slowly work my way to Australia. Um, so no better place to go than Southeast Asia. It's also very cheap. Uh, food is very good. Thai food is incredible. Um, and a lot of backpackers go through there, so, you know, usually don't feel alone. <clears throat> Vic Bolera, how much time do you spend in a single country? Listen here, Vic, I can't answer that for you. Uh, I spent, like, for example, I spent four years in Korea. I spent one week in Taiwan. I spent a month in Vietnam. I spent two weeks in Thailand. Two weeks in Myanmar, two weeks in Cambodia, and now I'm back in Korea for two weeks. So really, dude, it's up to you. What do you want to see? How much money do you have? What do you want to do there? What kind of transportation do you want to take? You know, if you want to fly everywhere, great. You can you can spend a month and enjoy specific, you know, a lot more time in different cities in these countries. But if you're gonna take these overnight buses or you know, long forms of transportation, then a month, you know, a month is the appropriate amount of time, I'd say. You could do longer. I met people in um, um, where was it? Vietnam in, in Dalat. They were working there for three months on a three-month visa. So, 
It's totally up to you. Uh, KDB says, are you traveling to explore? Or do you have a reason for it? Um, originally, just to explore. Now I'm starting to reflect on it, and I think I should start to travel with more of some sort of purpose of doing something. You know, seeing these things and meeting new people are great, but it's more important, I think, now to have some a different purpose to your travels. So I'm trying to process that right now. I have the hiccups. Which country would you visit, want to visit twice and why? Thank you, Alina Bianca. Um, Myanmar. I definitely want to go back to Myanmar. Myanmar was my second favorite, although maybe my favorite. The only reason I didn't love it as much as Vietnam is because I only spent two weeks there. So if I had more time in, in Myanmar, I think it would have been my favorite. Um, so I would definitely go back to Myanmar and spend an entire month. And I would have to go in high season because I want to see the hot air balloons go up over the temples and pagodas in Bagan. Have to, have to, have to see that. Um, Bruno Arujo says, what did you do for a living before quitting? Did you fear you might not be able to get back to a new job when you return home? So yeah, I taught English, Bruno, um, and I plan on moving to Australia after that to do a working holiday. But um, do I fear I'm not getting another job? No, there's always going to be work out there. Um, somehow, like, you know, whether it's work you desire, work you want to do, there's always work. There's always a way to make some sort of money. It's just you have to be willing to do it and go out and actually do it. So, no, I don't fear not being able to get an, another job again. Um, Safteng342 says, did you have second thoughts about quitting your job? I did. I did. Which is weird because when I first moved back to Korea, I only had this like plan in my mind work for a year you're going to go travel after it's going to be great work hard save travel you know but then like within the last six months of me living here i met the most incredible people who i consider like my really 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 good friends now the chingus um and when it was time to leave i was like started actually looking for more work in korea because i knew i would miss them a lot uh, and I, you know, we started creating these great memories and started doing things the same way I would do that when I was in Canada, for example, right? Um, it was the first time really in Korea I had friends outside of work, um, which is, is a common thing, sure, but like not all people. Most people in, as ESL teachers in Korea teach and work with the same people. So they're your friends and your coworkers. Where I was able this past year in 2017, 2016, 2018, what are we now? 2017, 2018, to make um, to make really good friends outside of work who I consider my really good friends. Uh, and, you know, when we hung out, it wasn't talking about work. We would talk about everything else other than that, which is a very difficult subject in South Korea for ESL teachers to kind of escape. So I definitely had second thoughts. Uh, Steven Lectic says, how did your family and friends react when you told them you were quitting your job to travel? My family and friends in Canada have pretty much always been supportive of this. Obviously, they'd love for me to move home, but they understand that this is what I want to do, especially work and travel abroad. Um, my friends in Korea were also very supportive too, like Anthony Go, you know, it's time, it's fun, we'd love for you to stay, but it's um, they understood, you know, and I actually surprised them when I came back here, which was freaking awesome. Um, what are some of the interesting people you've met so far? 
What is interesting about them? That's from M.M. Aluhu. Um, definitely the most interesting people I've met were in the Palong village in Myanmar. So I went to a city called Sipa. In Sipa, I hiked through this thing called the Shan State. In, in Myanmar, there's different states um, that are governed differently. They have their own military. And then from there, I went to this village called the Palong village where there's basically no running water and no electricity. Um, and obviously, they don't speak English, as I mentioned earlier. But they were like the coolest, most genuine, authentic people I've met traveling so far because like it was the most raw culture I've gotten. Um, my guide, uh, Omang, he he taught us about like dating culture and how where they get their food and they do a lot of green tea farming there. Um, and the most interesting part about these the people there was um, so their homes are made of like bamboo uh, boards on the bottom, right? But obviously the boards don't come exactly straight together like this. There's a little bit of a gap. So dating culture in the Palong village is very interesting because um, what happens there is when the boy wants to seek out a mate, his girl, um, what he does is he goes and he finds the perfect stick in the field or wherever he is, where, whether he was working that day or just walking home, because these boards aren't perfectly together, right? What he'll do is he knows where his, this girl lives, and what they do is, this is so, 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 so unique. They, actually, this is perfect. I'll show you with chopsticks. What they do is, so the, 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 you know, the boards are like this, and what they'll do is they'll take the stick and they'll try and guess where the girl is sleeping, and they'll take the stick and they'll go through the floorboards and they'll try and poke her to wake her up. Um, that's the plan is to try and wake her up and talk to her and say like, hello. And she'll say, who is it? And then, you know, he'll say his name. And then if she's interested in him, she'll, she'll, they'll arrange a time to meet up. Right. But if she's not interested, she'll say something like, oh, I have a headache. Uh, come back tomorrow. Something like that. So then the guy will go back the next night and poke the stick through the, the floor she say, who is it? And you say, oh, it's me, it's Anthony. She's like, oh, I have a headache again today. So if this happens three times, um, then the boy has to know to give up and move on to a different girl. Uh, but, but if she agrees to it, then pretty much they'll start dating. And then that's, it probably leads into a marriage, which is – and then during a marriage, they, um, the whole village comes together. Like – I think there are, what, a thousand people in the Palong village? So they all come together to celebrate this wedding because everyone knows each other. Um, so there's no secrets in this village. There's no, um, yeah, nothing. Like, like everyone knows. And, like, the whole village will come to the wedding, and it's just a huge ceremony, and everyone celebrates. It's really, 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 really fascinating, really great. Um, how safe... Econ Julio says, how safe is it to travel solo in Asian countries? For males, I think it's very safe. There are times it's very sketchy because a lot of people try to sell you drugs or massages or like, like just stupid shit. And a lot of drunken tourists or travelers, they, um, they sometimes buy into it. So it may not be safe for them. Um, also, the police in not all Southeast Asian countries are corrupt, but Cambodia, I would say, are very corrupt where if you're like if they just want to kind of charge you or fine you, they'll just, you know, ask for basically um what's it called? A bribe essentially. Similar in Thailand, they'll just ask for a bribe. So, um 
In terms of safety, is it safe? Yes, but like, you know, you do need to be careful. Always, just be aware. Uh, Natasha Wheeler says, uh, is there a language barrier to travels? Um, like I said earlier, not really, no. Um, Noor Bartran says, have you picked up any of the native languages? Every country I learn to say hello and thank you, and if I'm there for a long time, I'll learn more. So in Korean, I know a little bit more. Um, I forget some of them now. My favorite ones was in Myanmar. Burmese is Mingalaba, which means hello. And how do you say goodbye? I forget how to say goodbye. It was a cool one too, though. I like that one. Yeah, it was a nice one. Um, next. DJan says, what kind of places do you make sure you see when you're traveling to a new country? UNESCO sites are nice to see. Um, in Asia, there's a lot of temples. So, you know, you see a lot of temples, waterfalls, um, you know, historical places. I'm all templed out. I don't want to see another temple for a long time. I've seen maybe 50,000 temples in the last two and a half months. So I'm done with temples. Do not want to see any more temples. But, yeah, it just depends. Google it. That's what I do. Just go on Google. What, what to do in wherever. Um, Deb Rayang says, why did you choose to travel alone instead of with a group? Traveling alone, you get much more freedom. Traveling alone, you get to do what you want when you want. And you also have, it's a weird thing, right? Like when you're traveling with someone, you become more hesitant to go try and talk to new people or penetrate groups to chat with them. Whereas if you're traveling alone, you have no one and no one to talk to. So you're almost forced to say, hey, can I sit here? Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. Now that story gets old and it gets exhausting. So it is nice. Like I was traveling with my friend Justin for the first month and a half and my friend Ethan for a little bit. I met a guy named Chase in Myanmar. We traveled for, together for a little bit. Um, but So that's nice to have people to travel with. It really, 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 really is. But um, I do know now, not that I want to travel with someone, but it's nice to meet people in places to, that, to have a familiar face to chat with so that you don't have to keep going through that conversation all the time. And I know it's part of the journey and it's part of the process, so it's something you have to do. Um, but it does get exhausting. Uh, Kake says, how many planets do you, planets, how many countries do you plan to visit? Um, well, so far I've been to four or five, Taiwan, Vietnam, Thailand, Myanmar, Cambodia, five. Um, I think I'll, when I come back to Asia, I'll go to Malaysia and then maybe Singapore, probably Indonesia, and then Australia. Depends on the finances. Um... What are some of the customs that a tourist needs to be aware of before traveling solo in, in Asia? That's from Pernerna19. Um, for women and men, cover your shoulders and knees when visiting temples and just be polite everywhere you go. It's just like, just be a good human. Um, you know, some cultures like in Korea, for example, you have to do things with two hands. Um, but other than that, just be a nice person, be polite, be kind, be aware of, you know, Sometimes police can get you for anything because if they're corrupt there, they'll just try and get money from you. Uh, 
Mawada says, what is the best site in nature you've seen so far? Sapa in Vietnam. Pretty much all of Vietnam, to be honest, was amazing. Um, the landscape in Vietnam is incredible, like absolutely beautiful. I bought a motorcycle there, got to see it, like re for real, I got to see it. Um, and then obviously, my one of my other favorite cities I, I visited was uh, Bagan in Myanmar with thousands, 2,200 temples. You just take an e-scooter and like zip through and get to see all of them. And it was like just amazing. Uh, Michelin Rez says, are there any downsides to traveling alone? Yes, I'm currently, I was experiencing that near the end of my travels. If you get sick, you're alone. There's no one to talk to or, or chat with unless it's on your phone. Um, it's more expensive to travel alone, I'd say, because you can't split the cost of things, taxis, accommodation, food. Um, it does get lonely at times, but again, you get to meet people. But traveling, not just solo, but traveling for an extended period of time, with anyone or, or by yourself can have its challenges, of course. It's like, it's not a vacation. If you are going on more than a two-week vacation, it's not a vacation anymore. Like every day is like planning your next day. Where are you going next? Where can you stay? Um, how much do you need a visa? How much does a flight cost? What's the best way of transportation? Is it a sleeper bus? Is it a shared sleeper bus? Um, did I get food poisoning? Did I get food poisoning? Um, you know, there's all of these things you should be aware of while traveling. It's not, it's definitely not a vacation. You, not, nothing of what I did was go to a resort and find a pool and sleep and drink pina coladas and have my meals catered to me every day. Like you would go to in, let's say Cuba or Dominican Republic. This is like much, 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 much different. A lot of times it's not a vacation. And I've talked about this before. It's exhausting. A lot of times, not to say that I'm not complaining about it because the freedom of all of this is incredible. And I know everyone's like, oh, I envy you. I wish you could do what you do. But it's not always, you know, roses. It's not always great. It's not always incredible. There are downtimes, you know, if you're laying in a bed, like, for example, in Korong, I had food poisoning for four days, basically, and just was like wanted to lay in my bed all day because I just had to run to the toilet and it was 45 degrees Celsius with humidity. And all I had was a little fan in my room that did this. Like, that's not a vacation at that point. That's like, holy fuck, this sucks. But you know you're gonna, that you chose that. I chose that, you know? And if I felt better, I could just walk out of my hostel and go to the beach. So um, is it a vacation? No, traveling is difficult. Um, it's not always glamorous. Sometimes to get the you know photos for whatever, or just like to see these things, you need to wake up at four a.m. or you need to go bed, go to bed at three a.m. Like, it's it's. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not complaining about it, but it's not a vacation. Um, let's answer one or two more here. Let's do this one. What is the public transportation like in Southeast Asia? Is it more comfortable, or does it make a, a long journey even longer? Yes. Yes, it does. I think Thailand has the best public transportation. Trains. I had a really nice train in Thailand from Bangkok to Chiang Mai. Um, also, they have things called Grab, which is similar to Uber. Uh, Grab is like the Southeast Asian Uber. They bought Uber recently. Um, buses in Myanmar, are because the roads are not the greatest and the buses aren't the greatest, they're good. Um, 
not my favorite type of public transportation. Um, who had the worst? Cambodia, I would say, was my least favorite public transportation because I had to share a basically a single-sized bed with two pillows with another person for 12 hours. Now, luckily, it wasn't the full 12 hours. But I got on this bus, and uh, it's a single bed, and I'm like, fuck. And I'm looking at other people, and they're all going into beds together. Most of them are couples or friends. I'm like, I'm going to share this bed with someone. Like, And I was you know, nervous, scared, because like, I'm on the window side, right? And like, I never really have anxiety or get claustrophobic. And for the first like hour or two, I was cruising. I was fine. I was alone. And then I started to fall asleep. And then someone gets in my bed with me. And I'm like, fuck. And it was a monk. And like this guy just like totally just like asserted himself into the bed like and like took up most of the room. And like I'm on the window like and I tried to like lay down with my elbows out to like keep my side. But like I don't know if anyone can sleep like this, but it's not easy. So then I like turned on my side to sleep. And then as soon as I did that, he just squeezed in for more room. And I'm like, oh, God, like I, I'm not going to make it. I have to sit up. And like if I was on the top as well, so you feel all of the movement of the bus. So that that was like definitely the worst transportation I took and started to really gear me towards like I need to you know slowly finish these travels because I'm just not feeling great right now. Uh, Vietnam night buses are better. If you're tall, they're not for you. Because the beds are not made for tall people. Anyone over like, let's say like 160 centimeters, you're just not going to fit. Um, and where else? I bought a motorcycle. That's why we basically bought bikes in Vietnam is because motorcycles are buying a bike or renting a bike is the best way to get around in any Southeast Asian country. Um, someone said, last one here. Do you buy any souvenirs from each country that you visit? No, I don't. Um, basically my backpack weighs about 10 kilos and that's already too much for carry-ons on Southeast Asian airlines, especially AirAsia. So sometimes you have to wear your clothes, <clears throat> make your bag lighter. So, uh, do I buy souvenirs? No. I send postcards. I tattoo my stamps. I, what else do I do? That's really it. You know, make memories. I, you know, do things. I take pictures. I make videos. Um, but to buy souvenirs, I do have some. That's a lie. But they're very small. They don't weigh much. Um, to to buy souvenirs and carry them with you, you know, you're basically like a turtle at this point. You're not carrying. You're carrying like everything you own in your home on your back. And if you have to walk for an extended period of time, or you know, get on flights, pick up your bag, put down your bag, pick down, pick up your bag, put down your bag. It just becomes exhausting, you know. You try and walk around with 10, 15 extra kilos of weight on you every single day, you know, and then packing and unpacking that stuff also creates for a miserable time. So just not worth it. Um, souvenirs, I send postcards. That's what I do. I like to send postcards. So that's all I got for you guys today. Thanks for joining in. Um, everyone, I just, I see you've joined in here. Thank you so much. Um, and also thank you to everyone who uh, questioned on the AMA and some of the questions from Facebook. Um, and then if you don't want to watch this video, I'm making a podcast of it right now just to my right side here. Um, so um, thank you again for joining in. South Korea, I'll be here until June 7th. I booked my flight to Bangkok. So I'd like to see all my chingus as much as I can before I leave. Um, and Sault Ste. Marie, Canada, as well as Toronto, Victoria, Mike. Alexa, for sure. I'll see you guys in Toronto. 
Um, and then Sault Ste. Marie, my fam. I'll see you guys for Ida Marie and Mitch's wedding, which I'm very excited for. Mama, Papa, Papa, I never called you Papa. Dad, stupid, why did I say that? Um, I'll see you guys soon. All my Zia and Zios, Luca, see you too soon, little buddy. See you there. You gotta, you're on my dad's new profile picture, so that's funny. Um, also, Sault Ste. Marie, I will keep the beard for you. Um, if there's, I know, I know there's some good barbers in Sault Ste. Marie that help, can hopefully help me clean this homelessness up. I feel like um, Will Farrell from Anchorman. I get milk in my beard. I don't drink milk. So um, all my friends in here too, you guys are like, you know, joining in. I'll see you guys if you guys are in the Sioux or in Toronto, if we have time. And um, yeah, thank you guys for joining in. Please continue to follow my journey. You guys are awesome for that. I really, 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 really appreciate it. And um, I'll catch you guys next time. Peace.